Welcome to the I Am Persuaded podcast with Travis Shelton. Our desire is to provide weekly encouragement and biblical truths so that you too can be persuaded that He is able. Thanks for joining us on this episode. Now, let's hear what Pastor Travis has to say. Welcome back to the I'm Persuaded podcast. I trust you were blessed by Dr. Curtis Barbary, his testimony and his timeless advice for pastors, young men of God, young pastors and preachers. That advice not only could be applied to the pastor, but also to the Christian. And so I trust and I pray as you listen to the past two weeks, you listen to Dr. Curtis Barbary and the words that he has to say, and that you applied those to your life. You took something away that you could apply to your life in the day and weeks and months ahead. Today, we're going to take a different approach. We're going to look biblically at all these events that are going on in our world and scripturally answer some questions. So we're going to address these topics none other than scripturally. And it's in times like these where there are new headlines every day with new circumstances that drive us and drive the world to seek answers. Right now, with all that's going on in the world, especially in the year 2020, mankind is seeking for answers. They're looking to professionals. The professionals don't have the answers. They're looking to media. Media doesn't have the answers. But I'm thankful in the year 2020. We hold in our hand the book that contains all of the answers. And so today we're going to address some of these topics scripturally and see what God has to say. But 2020 has had its fair share of headline-worthy news. That's probably not a shocker to you. It comes at the beginning of COVID-19, which is a worldwide pandemic. It's still a hot topic in America. But unless you never turn on the news or look online, uh, you will know that what the latest headline is. And that is America showing acts of racism toward the black community. Two weeks ago, there was a black man murdered by a white cop. No doubt this act was murder. Whether it was an act of racism or not, it was murder. And that cop that murdered George Floyd should be persecuted to the fullest extent of the law. With that being said, many people took to the streets to express their First Amendment right to peacefully protest, which should be taking place. There is an issue, and that issue needs to be addressed. Their voice needs to be heard, and so they need to stand up for what they believe in and address this issue that's going on in our world. Although many of these protests turned violent, and the voice that was trying to be communicated about racism was silenced because of all of the violence. Now, the ones rioting and looting were simply not for the cause of equality. They were capitalizing on crime. They were seeing a circumstance, they were jumping on it, and they were going and looting and stealing and burning buildings down just because they wanted to have crime and hate in our world. Many were using this to unleash their anger and trying to find an avenue for hate, theft, looting, and destruction. Also, which is a sin, just like racism, and against the biblical narrative, against how God would have Christians to respond in our day. Also, before we move forward, we need to understand that in all professions, there are bad apples, even among pastors. So for one to assume that because there are a few bad cops, that all cops are bad, is completely wrong, just like racism is completely wrong. I personally know law enforcement personnel who openly admit to what happened two weeks ago was completely wrong and they agree it was murder and it should have never happened. The bad apple does not define the whole. So we need to be clear on that as well before we move on. 
So the idea behind defund the police is ridiculous. The vast majority of law enforcement truly want to enforce the law. And at the end of the day, they want to come home to their families just like you do. So with that being said, we will try to address all of these topics, these three main things, these three headline events, and we're going to try and talk through these issues scripturally and see what God has to say about evil, about racism, about race, and what is God's take on all of this. Before we dive into that, I want to say this. Many have grown up with a predetermined mind Uh, that is set toward prejudice. Whether we like to admit it or not, the act of looking down on someone just due to the color or shade of their skin, it's real. It's a real issue in our country, and it needs to be addressed. My cousin has adopted two little black boys, and my other cousin is fostering one. The oldest is three, and she shared with me the other day that in preschool already, a white boy has looked at him and said, you should be white, not black. So this idea of prejudice, this predetermined idea of racism and prejudice toward people of color is real in our country, whether we want to admit it or not. And this idea is instilled in our minds, and it, it truthfully, it needs to be eradicated right now. Racism at its core, it's sin, it's hate, and hate, especially in the life of a Christian, has no place in our life. So obviously this sin, obviously this is sin, but what exactly does the Bible have to say about different races and specifically racism? When it comes to race in the Bible, honestly, the Bible does not say much about it because race, the term race, as defining people by the color of their skin, is not biblical and it's not a biblical idea at all. Let me explain as we walk through a few different points today and try to address scripturally all of these events that are taking place in our world today. Number one, I want us to understand right off the start, there is only one race. There is only one race. Many like to believe that there's hundreds upon hundreds of different races, every small ethnic group, every different shade of skin, that determines a different race. But scripturally, that does not align, and that is not what God says. In fact, in Acts chapter 17 and verse 26, God says this, And hath made of one blood all nations of men for to dwell on all the face of the earth and hath determined the times before appointed and the bounds of their habitation. The first part of that verse, we'll read it again. And hath made of one blood all nations of men. And so it's very clear what Dr. Luke is writing here uh, in the book of Acts. There is only one race, not multiple, not hundreds, not even two. There is only one race. The idea behind race actually was coined by Darwin and Darwinism, the great evolutionist. So God did not create different races. In fact, he created one race, and that is the human race. He says in this verse that all man is made up of one blood, meaning we're all made the same and we have slight variances created uniquely, but in the image of God. So we're all made of the same stuff. We're all made of flesh. We're all made of the dirt of the ground, just like Adam. But at the end of the day, there's slight variances in each other, making us unique in the image of God, but one race, which is mankind. Mankind thinks we are all so different, but to us as a biblical creationist, we believe that all of mankind has a common ancestor. That would be Adam and Eve, the first man and woman. And from Adam and Eve, God made the whole earth. He multiplied the whole earth, and the earth is full of people. And so who 
who are who all these people are created specifically in the image of God. Every shade of skin is created in the image of God. George Floyd was created in the image of God. And so at the same time, they're created equally in the same. They're different as well. Not different races, but I've heard it put like this one time. God, in First Peter, he talks about um, us being pebbles, us being small stones make up the church. And so no one pebble is the same. So we're like pebbles in the church. We're different, but we're the same when we make up this body of Christ. We're not bricks. We don't all look the same. And so I'm considered white, but technically and biblically, I'm light brown. If you hold a white sheet of paper next to me, I'm clearly not white. And also is true with someone with a darker shade of skin who will be considered black. They're not truly black. If you hold a black piece of paper up to someone who is darker, you will find out they're not actually black, but they're a dark shade of brown. Adam and Eve, which was the first blood, which was the first of all mankind, the first of the human race, would most likely have fallen somewhere in the middle of shades of brown, meaning they could have had countless possibilities of shades of brown created from them. So let's be clear. Race, biblically, is one race, the whole human race. The idea that God, and I've heard people say the past couple of weeks, even among pastors, the idea that God created or cursed the black community because of Ham or because of Cain, that's simply prejudice, it's racism, and it's wickedness. And so wrapping up this point today, God created us all in his image. We are all of one blood, not different races, but we're all different and unique And that goes to show God's master handiwork in creation and in creating us. Some might ask, if there's only one race, then where did racism come from? And there's a simple answer for that. It's a three-letter word called sin. The first humans, Adam and Eve, were created sinless. They walked walked with perfect fellowship with God. But Adam and Eve made a choice in the garden to willingly sin or to rebel against God and his order. Therefore, sending all of mankind into what's known as the sin cycle. We are all sinners by birth. Sin was imputed and inherited to us by our fathers. It's in our nature to sin. And with our sinful habits comes come things like prejudice and racism. And prejudice, this was an issue in the New Testament with Peter and with others. So it's not a skin problem. It's a sin problem. And you've probably heard that quote on Facebook this past couple of weeks. But it's true. It's not a skin problem. It's a sin problem. Racism at its core is hate and it's sin and God despises it. So mankind without Christ is wicked. We're sinful. And that creates hate and strife. And Satan will use anything he can to bring about his agenda, which is to steal, to kill, and to destroy in the lives of Christians and in the lives of others. He'll make people disagree and hate one another, even over a shade of skin, if he can so do, if he can do so. So biblically, racism is a symptom of the real issue, which is sin. And that brings me to my second point today. The gospel is not racist. Secondly, the gospel is not racist. Because of the sin of Adam and Eve, that ultimately, and ultimately the sin of ourselves, we could never go to heaven because nothing will enter heaven that will defile it. So our fellowship, our relationship with God, it needed to be restored somehow. We needed a substitute. 
someone that was perfect, someone who was righteous, someone who was holy, someone who had never sinned, someone who would come live the life that we couldn't live, which is sinless, and then pay the price that we couldn't. So God in his righteousness demands justice for sin. We need to understand that. And I think I've addressed this in another podcast before. But so many people ask, well, how can God let there be sin? Or how can God um, allow someone to be saved? Or how can even God uh, not judge someone for their sin? And there's so many questions that go with that topic. But the simple answer is God is so just and God is so righteous and God is so holy that his character demands justice for sin. His character demands the payment for sin. But yet, at the same time, he's so righteous, but also he's so loving. And so in his love, he did not make us pay for it ourselves. In fact, he paid for our sin himself. He sent his only son to this earth to die upon the rugged cross, taking the sin of all of mankind. That includes the sin of hate, racism, prejudice, lust, all sin upon himself. And he took our punishment and our penalty. Then through his resurrection, he offers us the free gift of eternal life. He paid our sin debt, and now through his resurrection, his death, burial, and resurrection, he offers us the free gift of eternal life. And the beautiful part of the gospel is it's not racist. The gospel is not prejudice. The gospel is actually for all of mankind. Despite what some think, the Bible clearly states that Jesus Christ died for the sins of the whole entire world. That means he died for the light shade of brown and he died for the darkest shade of brown and it reaches to everyone in between. It reaches to all the protesters, all the rioters. It reaches to all the cops, even the bad cops. So no one, and I mean no one, is too far away from God's love, God's redemption, God's mercy, and God's grace. And all who is in between, everyone fits in this category of being offered the free gift of eternal life. John 3:16, the famous verse, for God so loved the world. And there's other verses that point to the fact that Jesus died not only for the sins of a few, but Jesus died for the sins of all. So that means all people. The great commission that is strictly for believers, disciples, states that we are to go to all nations, tribes, tongues, ethnic groups, to the uttermost parts of the earth. And there we are to share the gospel. Therefore, if God's love reaches to all and is for all, then we should stop viewing people as different types of people, and we should start looking at them as family inside of our human race. Because at the end of the day, as we said earlier, we all have a common ancestor, Adam and Eve, and we all have an even closer common ancestor, which is Noah. And so we need to look at mankind as a soul, not so much as the shade of their skin, where they're from, what their background is. What we as Christians, we need to see mankind as a soul that has one of two places they can spend eternity. And so you see, we are one race biblically, but this one race is divided into two types of people, lost and saved. Those in darkness, those in light, those filled with the spirit, those filled with the flesh. And so we as Christians should be more concerned with doing and fulfilling the Great Commission than we are anything else in our life. When the gospel is our focus, I assure you this, race and racism and hate and prejudice, it becomes non-existent. Because when the gospel is our main focus and the gospel is our idea and our passion, everything else falls away. All sin is exposed, all darkness is exposed, and it becomes non-existent in our life, in our mindset, in our thoughts, and our ideas, and we are focused on preaching the gospel. 
another little point in this is God is not a respecter of persons. God is not a respecter of persons. And so we have looked at this idea in the Judgment Seat of Christ podcast, and it's worth discussing again here on this episode this morning. And so the idea, the Bible is clear in many passages that God does not view us based on skin, our shade, our shade of skin, our wealth, our education, our talent, or whatever. He looks at us all equally as mankind who are sinful. So when you step into his courtroom, There is no injustice. It is completely right. It is completely just. God does not make exceptions for the wealthy. God does not make exceptions for the lighter shade of brown group of people. God's courtroom is completely just. He does not view us differently. And so what, what, how should we view people? Why should we view people differently if God is not going to? I assure you right now, the cure for racism in America is the gospel of Jesus Christ. The cure for hate in America is the gospel of Jesus Christ. The cure for all sin, in fact, is the gospel of Jesus Christ. And through the gospel, we should stop saying a white man came to Christ or a black man came to Christ. Because when we stand before Jesus, he's not going to categorize us by by the shade of our skin. No, he's looking at the works that we've done for Christ. And if you're at the great white throne judgment, he's looking at what you did not do and the faith you did not put in him. And so we should not say uh, this color of man did this. We should just say a man did this. A family member did this. Because in the greater scope of the Bible, we are all one. Jesus died for me, for you, and for the whole world. That brings me to my third point as we address more of this topic, uh, focusing in on the rioting and the hating and the looting and all of that. Thirdly, Jesus would not have us respond to injustice with more injustice. Jesus would not have us respond to injustice with more injustice. As I said in the beginning, many have taken to the streets to protest for this cause, as they should to seek and to educate the world on this ongoing issue. However, as bad as racism is, that does not give mankind the right to respond to injustice or hate with more injustice. Romans 12, 17 through 21, a lengthy little passage, but I'm going to read it to you. It says, Recompense to no man evil for evil. Provide things honest in the sight of all men. If it be possible, as much as life in you, live peaceably with all men. Dearly beloved, avenge not yourselves, but rather give place unto wrath, for it is written, Vengeance is mine, I will repay, saith the Lord. Therefore, if thine enemy hunger, feed him. If he thirst, give him drink. For in so doing, thou shalt heap coals of fire on his head. Verse 21, Be not overcome of evil, but overcome evil with good. And so God speaking through the Apostle Paul here in Romans He's very clear on this subject. When evil has been done, we should not lash out in more vengeance trying to avenge the evil. Especially us who call ourselves Bible believers, we cannot take part in the injustice for injustice. We cannot agree with the fighting injustice with more injustice. We can't even agree with it. That will lead to even more problems. So let's be clear. Biblically, we should speak up about issues that are against the Word of God. But ultimately, God will judge and He alone will handle the sin of racism or whatever the sin may be. We should not have to get even or go and cause more chaos because of the acts of injustice. Just as racism is sinful, so is crime, looting, theft, arson. 
They are just as wrong as racism. And biblically speaking, evildoers was denounced by Jesus. And so responding to wrong, responding to hate with more wrong is not biblical. This type of response in the USA that we have seen the past few weeks, I promise you, has completely silenced the voice of the peaceful protesters. The ones that are looting are the bad apples of the protesters, just as they are, this is their bad apples in law enforcement. And through the response of many, they just want to watch chaos take place. I assure you, those that are looting, those that are rioting, they're not standing up for the cause. They're simply trying to fight evil with more evil. And Christian, the Bible says that's not how we should react. That's not how we should respond. In fact, verse 21 said, be not overcome of evil, but overcome evil with good. So instead of the Christian acting out in more evil at the evil that has taken place, we should actually act good and show Christ. And we should not try to get even, but we should Verse uh, verse 20 says, Therefore, if thine enemy hunger, feed him. If he thirst, give him drink. For in so doing, thou shalt heap coals of fire on his head. So the way you get back for the injustice is to speak up, is to have the world listen to you. But getting the ear of the world is not going to happen through acting in more sin. In fact, that makes the world more upset with what's going on. So what we should do is we should act like the Bible tells us to act. It's speak up, but it's also we act out in good works. We act out by showing Christ. The Christians should not fight back with more injustice, but rather we should share the gospel with those. We should love them. And even though they may hate us, we should share the gospel with them of all shades, of all people groups, of the rioters, the protesters, uh, we should be sharing the gospel with everyone we come in contact with. The Bible's clear. Be not overcome of evil, but overcome evil with good. Because at the end of the day, God is going to be the one that judges. God is going to be the one. He's the one who's already paid for sin. So he's going to be the one that ends it all in the end. So that brings me to my last point. Christians need to speak up. Christians need to speak up. Christians should learn to listen and speak up about the injustice of the black community. Christians should speak up about the crime that is taking place across our country, not political, but we should speak up biblically and scripturally. There's scripture to handle every topic in our world today. So most importantly, Christians should speak up for the sake of the gospel. If Christians would be half as concerned with these is- as they are with these issues, as they are with sharing the gospel of Jesus Christ, we would not be seeing so many issues that are a result uh, of sin. And so, Christian, today I urge you, I beg you, use your voice. Fulfill the mission that Jesus has set you on. Share the gospel with those of all shades of skin. Share the gospel with those in law enforcement. Share the gospel with those peacefully protesting. Share the gospel with those that are rioting. Share the gospel with those that are hurting. Church, now more than ever, let us show a hurting world a healing Christ. Let we, Paul writes this in Romans chapter 1, that we, he is indebted to those that have not heard the gospel. That is true with you and I. Right now, we have something on the inside of us that's the gospel. It's this great truth, this life-changing truth. And we are supposed to share it. We are supposed to tell others about it. 
And we are supposed to not harbor it and keep it in and of ourselves. We are to share it with the lost world. So today I encourage you, you're in debt to the lost world. Go and fulfill the Great Commission. I'll say it one more time. Church, now more than ever, let us show a hurting world a healing Christ. Thanks so much for listening today. Have a great Friday and God bless. Thanks for listening. If you enjoyed this episode of the I Am Persuaded podcast, please consider subscribing and share with your friends. We pray this is a blessing in your life. God bless.